Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, Ometeo, Tonansi, Tonato. Yo, yo, hope, hopefully you guys like that music video by the one and only Illness. Hello. What's up? Lost Aslan Natives Podcast. LA Natives. LA Least natives. Accepted Natives. Least yeah. Accepted Natives. LA Natives Podcast. <laughs> What's up, Zero? What's up, Illness? What's up, DJ Warlock? What is up? Well, DJ Warlock won. 
DJ Warlock One. The one and only DJ Warlock One. I'll tell you, the fire beats in Los Angeles underground, boom bap, hit up DJ Warlock One. The hardest working man in the industry. He takes his job serious. Um, when we did Doctrine of Discovery, he was as professional as possible. And so, shout out to DJ Warlock Big One. Shout, shout out. out to my homie, Illness. What up, G? How, How you doing? doing? Good. Don't give Warlock one a, a sample. Don't be a sample because Warlock one will slice you up. Real nice. <laughs> He's a real deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate all the early birds joining us today at this uh, beautiful Wednesday evening. Uh, sorry we're a little late, but, you know, we were just, you know, getting set up to prepare a great show for you guys, you know. But well, we have new, we have DJ Warlock one here and whenever he can make it, it takes a little longer to set up. So we apologize for that. But we're going to get into some good conversation. Like I like I was telling illness, I kind of really kind of reflected on my style here as a podcaster, as someone who is um sharing information with the community and i said hey bro let's just have a good conversation about you know current topics i'm sure the audience is going to want to chime in and say stuff i'm sure there's tons of people who disagree with me because i guess armando someone we have a troll is like trying to (laughs) dis. you know there's someone on online right now that's constantly disliking all of our videos they're only making it obvious but you know we appreciate them because this is what this platform is for you could agree or disagree yeah you don't have to agree with me or what i say it just happens to be that armando asked me to be on this on the show right but everyone has the power to make their own show and do and voice their own opinion and and i don't I used to, you know, I got to admit the first 10 episodes, I kind of got heard about stuff like that. Like I didn't know how to handle it. I was like, what the fuck? Someone disagrees with me. <laughs> but I'm doing good things. Like, right. I'm well-intended, wholehearted, honest. All right. about them, right? And yeah. someone disagrees with that, but that's okay. I have to have individuals that, that you know, have different opinions. And with those different, different opinions, I'm humble enough to say, well, hey, maybe he has a point. Maybe he's right. I'm not like that. I don't like to be in a in a split in a space like Kanye, where he has a fucking head the size <laughs> of the planet. You know. So what do you mean? Like we're preaching, um, one's equal. We all have a right to basic things. I think we're all respect, indi- and then there's people that disagree with. You. No, I think I think what I'm saying is that we're all individuals, yeah. and it's impossible to be like in sync with somebody's mindset, right? You can be convinced and agree. But like in sync with the mindset is like kind of difficult to do, right? And it depends on what stage of your life you're in right. as well. Like, but but I take you might the, have agreed or not agreed. Right. But I take the, the, the Mexica understanding or from what Masatin has told me is the sovereignty. That word alone kind of just really helped me understand that people are going to have different opinions. Right. But yeah, if definitely. you're sovereign, you stick to your guns and what you know and what you and it doesn't need to be a defense it doesn't need to be like if someone disagrees with me i'm not gonna sit there an hour and trying to convince them i've made that mistake of what i'm saying yeah i feel you i just rather go i understand your position and i peacefully walk away especially if he's my people right because i'm not at war with my people i'm not even at war with those people you know i am sovereign (laughs) right i'm sovereign and the sovereignty when when sovereignty exists then the art gets exposed right yeah. how i look 
because what I, I talk about, what able, my music is about. I am able to. There's no. I, it's hard for me to say uh, we're allowed to, right? Because it's you know, so no one's there to give permission. But unfortunately, sometimes you exist in, in environments where there's tyranny, someone trying to stifle that, whether directly or indirectly. Mm-hmm. And so it's so amazing that if you are able to, like in your mind, in your heart, and express yourself, that no one can stop you. So you should. Right. Keep doing it. right well that's that's what we try to i guess convey the message of valley natives is that keep your sovereignty keep your opinions but learn how to disagree agree to disagree especially with your brother right and i'm not saying you should kumbaya everything i'm saying be wise be intelligent keep your circle strong which leads me to how i got to meet you yeah, with that. the band Salvajes, right? Savages. Right? Yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, that was an amazing experience. Uh, I don't know. Quick recap. Um, 2015. Boom. Dropped an album. It was many years before that, getting to know each other. Somehow it all synced up. We are all kind of different personalities that worked well together. And I like to say it was kind of the glue a little bit, just in the sense that I understood everybody and everybody's uh, moments, uh, where they were at as an artist. And, you know, I never knew that, even though I always heard about how groups split up, you know? And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's like, you know, nothing nor the other. It's just people grow differently. Right. Well, my boys are still doing their thing. Um, check out everybody out. And um, that whole movement was about being a savage. And it's a, it's a, it's a word, this is pre a lot of the new um, use of the word to describe uh, you know, certain things. It's a little appropriated, but... It's uh, a word to describe your passion, your heart. It's one of those words you can use in place of many. And if you're a savage, when someone says it, you understand what they mean. Mm. It's like, hey, man, uh, I really liked your B-Boy set. That was pretty savage. You know, he's complimenting you know, your skill, tenacity, your, your abilities, whatever it might be. Or even working. Dude, you just, man, you've been working like a savage, haven't you? And it's right. because you've been putting in a lot of work and you could see it. I have to be honest with you. Yeah, and this is when, that's, that's when yeah. I yeah. first heard this name yeah. and I played with you guys. Yeah, um, I, I, I just, I'm talking in the first minute or two of hearing the name. Oh, we are the you know, Salvajes. Salvajes. Yeah, I went, Whoa, wait. And then I thought about it and I went, Oh, cool name. Yeah. Why? Because it made me think go, about it. Right? It made me say, Wait a minute. That's what they used to call us back yeah, then. But yeah. you're taking it. It's like a double entendre, right, where you go. It's also hey. reclaiming something. And even though these words that, we were, that we're using are ours, you know, that our, our language has been taken. Even though, you know, hablas español, también lo mismo. pinche rey. My thing is that, you know, if, if I, this is the only way I can communicate with my brethren and my sister and everybody that I know, that I'm going to take the words and make them what they mean to us and what they need to mean. Uh, well, I could I, see I, can refu- I refuse for it to be derogatory. Here's, here's my second thought about the name Salvajes was I immediately saw an 18, 19 poster of wanted criminals. <laughs> <laughs> I used that for an album right. cover. <laughs> that's what I saw, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, that's cool. I like that. Because I could see those quote-unquote outlaws or quote-unquote savage Indians proud of being on a piece of paper going oh fuck look that's my face you know yeah. and you know taking pride in 
their distortion, right? Their, yeah, their distortion yeah, of who you who you are and what you're trying to do. Amazing way to put it. I had this whole thing in my head that you know what was gonna be said, but the distortion. Right. Like I'm not proud that oh this person who's who's uh, impoverishing me and making me suffer is noticing me. Uh-huh. You know what I'm happy is that they're affected and now their reign over me is hindered. Right. It could be stopped. Right. You know, you and it could be, God bleed it could, in it a could sense, backfire. You know? It could backfire because when those posters went up, people in the communities embraced them and said, Oh, that's our hero. But they're trying to paint them in a negative light. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they're using certain words and certain connotations. So I love the fact that your group used that word in the way that I saw it. And you have to do some thought to see it. Right, and that's cool. Yeah, just your one song. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, that was a cool group. I liked um, Josue, yeah. uh, MC Hempstead, Mike Hempstead, Alfaretti, yeah, and then uh, the beat maker extraordinaire Cloudy Daily. Yeah, yeah so all the mad talented artists. Uh, Mike's still doing shows. He's doing his thing in Santa Ana, all over the place. Look, the hardest thing to do as an artist is stay in a group. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, because everybody has their own vibe. Everybody has their own agenda i myself am included in that you know because when we had el boo going it's not like everybody agreed with what the decisions were being made and some and i have to say that i forced a lot of decisions but i also paid for it so it wasn't really forcing it it was more like i'm investing in this idea and some people could take that wrong and say oh well you're ignoring what i'm saying or how i feel it's not that is that there's an investment in music that needs to be monetized and you have to make those decisions sometimes. Yeah. Unless you're a billionaire and just don't give a shit and just yeah, like, yeah. fuck it. You know, it is what it is. It. Yeah. And, 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 and as a group, it's very difficult to have everybody on the same uh, from mindset to the schedule. You know, everybody's living different lives. Uh, I think the, the bands that did get it right were people who dedicated their time on a, on like, like a job. Like, yeah. You know, you got to be there yeah, at this and that, time. And that's hard for us being savages. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're wanted. We're on posters. Absolutely. It's very difficult because uh, all of us suffer from uh, the labor intensive pay for your time as, uh, as a living being, right? Every hour of your life is worth something. Wow. That's what they, they. Everything's veered towards that. And, and so you can't, you have to separate and work harder to survive in the one that's being. Uh, a force down your throat then so you can finally have those moments in your creative spirit shine mm-hmm. you know and I, I understand juxtaposing like like you need a little suffering to to give you perspective I really believe that that's the whole point of our, 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 our souls <laughs> that's another thing but but no that's this is this isn't fair right we, we have so much we can do with ourselves which improves our community which then improves our environment and our world that is being taken from us from hour being taken to create value that can help us exist absolutely I hate that the, the cool thing about your group too that I, I loved was that you guys are from Santa Ana Santana right <laughs> and that was that was that was close to my heart just because I grew up there for a few years and you know the I've experienced I, I I like to say that I lived a whole lifetime in Santa Ana but I only lived there for two years but the time that I spent there Excuse me, I was drinking that Jamaica. Wow. <laughs> but anyways, the time that I spent there, man, I, I experienced a lot of life. That was the first time I seen a raid happen on a house, you know, and it scared the shit out of me because I didn't, I heard a lot of banging and men with guns going into an apartment. Voices pulling. you've never heard before yelling this deep baritone. 
Like, oh, yeah. 10 in the morning, Saturday. <laughs> 10 in the morning, Saturday. You're riding your bike down the street. 6 a.m. is usually when they break in. But they were like broad daylight. Boom. Just. Ah, it's yeah. just. But where is he? Where is it? Just insane. No, it didn't happen at my house, but I was across the street from it. Just my jaw <laughs> dropped going, what the f- is going oh, on? Man, like, like just as a little kid right yeah santa Ana is an intense land uh yeah, talk about it about talk about the people there talk about your experiences there it's like anything you know the powers that be whatever might have been at the time or the neglect of i don't know omitting people's existence really creates and stifles their their, their, their way to govern themselves right so a community doesn't have the resources and barely is figuring it out especially large immigrant community it's happened to salvador you know, in, in la happened to Mexicans in Santa Ana and you know, all the crime all the stuff of people not you know not having enough and suffering and you know it creates gangs then with the youth and then they go into the and so this whole thing ends up with all these gangs mad shootings all the time I remember as a kid remembering how to know how far the bullets came where what park what neighborhood you know what kind of gun maybe I've been inside uh, across the street like you have been a raid I've been my next door it's happened to me and my family plenty of times. Um, shootings. I've seen someone that I saw the day before. The next day, they're dead. It's just, and, and my my thing was I didn't figure out that was traumatic until maybe like five six years ago, and, and, and it tripped me out, you know. And I mean, you drink, you you, you don't know you're you're coping for something. I, it was to the point that a, a raid happened. Like, oh, what's going on over there? Oh, it's just a raid. Like. Wow. Oh yeah, this was probably just fucking put moon to his way. Like it was like a normal thing. I didn't realize that this is normal. This is normal until you know you get a, a right out of high school. You start you know exploring different places and visiting colleges, going to college, do whatever you need to do, living out the world, traveling, figure stuff out. Real quick. You know, you know what was interesting about Santa that I that I I noticed now that you talk about it. Is that it was exactly this? It, you're talking about it, and you're. I'm a little older than you. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to say early '90s. Yeah, to so the I was like late '80s or like beginning '90s, maybe just '90s. Bad, yeah. Or maybe '89 is when I moved out of um, Santa Ana. But I'm gonna tell you why it was the most. Ex- why I felt like I I grew a lifetime there is that you know I was in fourth grade and around those 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 years. And the kid next to me, he used to slick his hair back and wear, like, you know, cholo gear. He was, like, I guess, maybe 10, 11? Yeah. Maybe 11? The older homies, brother, cousin, friend. I don't know if it was a, a class that had two grades in it. He might have been a tiny bit older than me, but not by much. Go to school. Become friends with them. He was cool. He didn't have a. He dressed and looked like. Yeah, as I'm saying, like his older yeah. whoever's in his life, it's it's older. Probably yeah, mentoring yeah, and him. And, and he's and he's mimicking this. Uh, absolutely. And that's that weakness that that we hold as men that have been traumatized and and weakened. We don't find that strength, you know, in our brothers. We have to find other ways, and one of them is. You know, a gang where the point is to create violence against others just like you. Right. And right. I mean, I don't tell so you. You know what? You know what it is. So, so, so I go, I go, I go to school one day. We're having a good time. Go to school next day. Cool. We start to become very close, and then, you know, next week, known him for like a week and a half. He came to my house. We kicked it, and he's gone. Dead. How did he die? I was like, I telling my mom, I was all, what is dying? I didn't, I didn't really get it. Like I didn't, I didn't understand the whole full concept 
quite yet because my father had just passed so maybe i was trying to forget about what that is how it just tripped me out that one day he was there the next day he was gone because of that someone shot him and he was like 11 had no older than 12 and someone took his life and it tripped me the fuck out at that point i was like this reality is different you know this is something that and then you go back to the stories and then we go back and forth at that 10 or 11 age you start opening up your eyes and you go back to east los angeles where your mom's from and we resume living in East Los Angeles, and it just, <laughs> it's just, it's like, whoa. Just bigger. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it just, and it's like you said. Oh, man. It's just, you got normal, it, it was normal to hear sirens. It was yeah. normal to see my homie's um, uncle being chased by the cops down the street. It was normal to see this neighbor high on To heroin. say nothing when you saw something, to uh, ignore something that you know you probably should at any normal other place, you don't... You, you, to erase things from your mind. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm spending a lot of time, like, saying these horrible, but within that, there was some beautiful things that happened in the yeah, city, you know? I do agree. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And I was we like, take care of each other just a little bit more, I think. That's yeah. what I noticed. And you be, you're left alone a little bit when you're not in that, you know? Yeah. But as young men, especially, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You're a young man. You know, you know? When, that that's good that you mentioned that, because when I moved back to East Los Angeles, the older cats would keep us away from bad things yep like we weren't age appropriate for it it wasn't like they grabbed us and they put us in there that that was like the next generation that came after that but there was still some of that some of some of that um code where you don't yeah, fuck yeah. with women you know yeah like, and it's you don't and, and it's not a, it wasn't moms. always it wasn't always just cholos you know all decked out with the you know, sock check boo it's not it's always it's not always that it's also even in my generation growing up like i'm older right as in, uh, I was like 16, 17, 18, right? That, well, you're older, you're, you're, about, you're in the cusp of adulthood, where we were doing stupid shit, like just like they were, but we weren't banging, right? Mm-hmm. Still the same shit, you're gonna get caught up for the same stuff, it mm-hmm. didn't matter. And you'll get thrown in a gang injunction, so you're even worse, you've never been in a gang. Yeah. Or you have tattoos of your cousins, right? So all of that, and yet, the, there's still a code. My sister sometimes, my younger sister, shout out to my sister, Sarah, I think she's watching, so she was at a party and my friends see her there what are you doing here like what are you doing here it's like well i'm just in a party no and my friend sat with her the whole night like wow. we were hanging out like just make sure you kept an iron because mm-hmm. you know, he knows what goes on you know mm-hmm. uh, and uh and it was just because he knows like that's my boy no no this is not gonna happen no one's in nah nah don't talk to her like because mm-hmm. you know how they're friends right and so that's a code that's important some people do remember that we all you know skip steps and fall off of the moral meter sometimes but for some reason we know we're good people we know when there's bad we know we need to help yeah right uh, like this is what it is like okay you stole yeah. someone's person you ran i don't think i'm gonna chase but if you start being this woman like just believe you're getting tackled or something <laughs> gets thrown at you something, something needs to happen yeah you know no well, it just corrupts you know it, it's crazy how you know I have my story from the early late late 80s and then you have your story from probably the early 90s, mid-90s. And it's still the same story, just getting more intense, right? And to the point where people are, what, what's going to be the point where we decide? But it's also hard being in that area in Santa Ana because it's small. And everything around it is more wealthier than that. Yeah, area. Oh, I love that you brought this up. So 
the, the second thing you said, yes, um, it's interesting being in a place where most of the cities around you are in another tax bracket. And, Absolutely. And, and the farther you get, the harder it is to exist the way you exist in Santa Ana, right? Or, or in a lot of cities in Garden Grove, Anaheim, you know, shout out to all the sister cities. But like Laguna Niguel, the Newport Beach, Huntington Beach, or Belinda, right? You go around to Irvine, and then these, these areas where you they don't even have access to sidewalks. It's these roads where mm. you have to drive ten minutes to go to the store, mm. no matter what. Like There's the no liquor stores. It's it's built a little different, and it trips me out that wherever where we went, we had to act a little different. Mm. I mentioned as much as I, it's a reflex to mention it in music. Mm. Talk about it all the time. But the, the other part that you mentioned was, um, what was the other part you mentioned? Uh, um, talking about being surrounded by other cities. Oh, and how tight, tight-knit it is, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I imagine you walk into school and you're crossing through the neighborhood, right? And on top of that, you're a young man. And on top of that, you don't bang. And the only reason you're left alone is because you break that. Wow. Right? And then you end up finding out that your mom's connected in more ways than you can understand. Wow. And then, and then you find out that that no longer exists, and then you know, so it's weird. You don't, you don't know. But I was lucky enough to be left alone. I used to break down to leave alone. You get lucky. You get lucky in that way. You get lucky in that way. And then also too, they, what I understood growing up around the neighborhood is that if you weren't like trying to be in there, they ain't gonna just like drag you in. Like yeah, it isn't. Yeah. It isn't. They, they kind of respect the fact that you're staying out of that. Doesn't mean that you're. St- you're not in the vicinity of danger, but they're not directly involving you. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. But then again, I remember growing up in East LA, it's like, you know, pull up at a friend's house and someone jumps in the car and it's somebody that's <laughs> active. But, yeah. you know, you grew up with them because you went to school with them and now they're <laughs> active. And, and they're, you want to go, oh, I can't oh, tell them to get out. Yeah. It's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> uh, where are we going? Yeah. Oh, man. Just give me a ride. Just give me a ride. And he doesn't tell you where he's going. And he's like, just give me a ride, bro. And but like, but illness, did, yeah. did, did you ever uh, wear the Cortezes and the baggy yeah. pants Hell and yeah. the big white shirt? Hell yeah. <laughs> I, ne- I never dressed the whole part. Uh, pants not so big. My mom smacked the shit at me. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I rocked Cortezes. I b-board mostly with them. Uh, I rocked some of the attire, the high socks, all that. Um, I never really had my hair bald uh, at the age where I think it would have been because I figured it out real quick. Like, would treat it different. Never shave my head. You know? It's a crazy experience living in Santa because it's, like I said, really small. You know, like, I don't know. There was always been a stigma about Santa Ana ever since I was a kid that it was like a, a, a gang city. It was for a while. It was. It was mainly the attention that it got. It, like I said. Like, growing yeah. up in middle school and high school, I, li- I lived in Cerritos. Mm. And Santa Ana wasn't that far away. Mm. And my parents were just always like, yo, be careful. You know, there's a lot of it's like cholos it's over like there. The, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, there's cholos in East L.A. And my parents were like, no, it's just a whole different environment. Like, you, you don't know anyone over there. Yeah. And it's it's, it's kind of like, like a border town. Like Europe. Like, as far as how close everything is together. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone's fighting everybody. Absolutely. And then if you wanted to go to a Get nice around. Day, uh, If you want to go to a nice neighborhood, you could ride your bike there. Like, you know, you just had to keep going for yeah. a mile or two. And then you're in this other. You need a whole other neighborhood whole nother reality right yeah. where cops aren't that aggressive towards you and the, the you know the cop story that that where i got pulled by the back of my neck happened in santa Ana, <laughs> you know but i was running right in front of the house of the main gangs that was you know around at that time but again i was seven years old i was seven eight no i was about 10 years old trying to let you know who's boss yeah you know yeah. they they 
they make statements and there was a lot of rage, like I said, and, and it was all done to intimidate the whole neighborhood. Now so, that I look So back. the city's around Santa Ana, it's Anaheim. Mm-hmm. So that's in the north, right? You got Anaheim, Garden Grove, Westminster's to the west. On the east, it's Irvine because it wraps all the way up to Trinidad or Belinda. Yeah. And Orange is right there as well, right? That's north. And those are all just like white, white neighborhoods. No, upper. No, Orange, Anaheim has Anaheim Hills because they, they figured it out. They separated the wealthy people or the wealthy, not people, but the wealthy environment. So the tax bracket is what really separates people. But right by, by Disneyland where all the money is, is like all oh, the money. Yeah. Right around it, all everywhere. Wow. Yeah, and then and then and so that's what I'm saying. Then Garden Grove is just the city and part of Westminster as well. The, the, uh, that community over there, it's very delicate. Asian community. I don't know which 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 one, but they knew what they were doing, man. They bought a lot of property. They bought a lot of land. They opened up a lot of business, and they back each other up, right? Mm. Sure, there's a little underground monopoly going on in there, but. Their culture is thriving. Well, right? Santa is one of those cities it's where it could be genderified. It's and, getting. Or I'm sure it is. Currently, sure it's, it is. it's happening. I'm sure it is because yeah. it's it's right in the middle of OC, and that place that place called Santa Ana existed because the rich restaurants and the rich nannies and the rich all those people needed somebody to work for them. Yeah, and somewhere to shop. Somewhere to shop, and who was going to clean up the 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 mess? And, and their debauchery, uh, in the way it's built too, you could tell it's prohibition ready. Yeah, you know, there's little hidden passages, there's places to where the booze got smuggled in, where the help was entered through the back. Yeah, uh, we're in a studio where it's really big and it's four or five entrances, and you could just, it, it, it's, it's visible. Yeah, you know, you have the front and the front, you have the access in the back, and then the parties in the middle. Absolutely. Well, that to me, when I grew up there, I always just figured out that this is where poor people that worked for the rich people lived, you know, and it was a very tiny, if you would call a city, it would be a studio apartment. It wasn't a huge place where you had it. Uh, I mean, my childhood adventures were to the supermarket, to the liquor store, <laughs> and, to, and, to, and to the other liquor store yeah. who had the other video game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, same here, man. Yeah, yeah. we might as well grown up together. It's the same thing. Yeah, every, every smacked around for coming home with some stale tortillas, you know. Yeah. And where's the change? And we already ate, and <laughs> fell in the house, and I'm like, ah, well, you know, but, pass the whole game with but the border. Also, <laughs> too, also too, though, I do, I do want to agree that there are some very, very <clears throat> beautiful communal people without those people that my mom we we share a house with this other family very welcoming very you know so it has its good moments you know we like i said we take care of each other yeah, yeah. when things are so you know yeah that was always great you get to volunteer when you're a kid play maquinitas going up and down forest street during the day and night mm-hmm. it was you know it is what it is. Uh, bike trail, Los Tianguis. Like, just being able to do things in the streets. Mm-hmm. I remember just running the streets as a kid. That's my bin. Like, that was know. my experience. I had a skateboard. I remember my mom was, like, begging my mom for a skateboard or a bike. And once I got those things, I was down. Like, oh, <laughs> fucking gone, dude. Yeah. And you know that? That helped, too, having a dad that tinkers, too. He's, he's, he's just like me in his own way. Well, I'm like him, I guess. Um, he tinker with stuff, you know? Mechanic, bikes, like... So I was exposed visually, you know, and I was always stimulated by taking things apart and putting them back together. Mm. You learn how to do bikes, you learn how to do uh, all these little stuff, and, and and that was a real good like experience as well in Santa Ana. And which getting, which explains your technical music yeah, stuff because you're the engineer. I yeah, once I figured out computers, video games was really good at them as a yeah. kid. 
that's what I really admire about your your style, and I'm glad you kept going as an artist. You know, you have your own solo stuff now as yeah. illness. I seen you play at the show at Superman. Everything was banging. Yeah, it was banging. Right, your show was yeah. super hype. Appreciate that, man. That and the video that, that we really showed good. we showed at the beginning of the of the show. I mean, it was. Yeah, dope. dope show. Uh, shout yeah, who out shot to that one? Or? Rude uh, at the house productions. Okay. Uh, uh, Santa Ana uh, native over there uh, works with out the house. Shout out to them, Droops and all them. Uh, it's dope, man. Uh, he he really was like, I have a vision, man. I really see it. What do you think? And, and he, I, I really appreciate how excited he was and the little extra work he put in, getting props and stuff. And it's funny how two, three little things. Uh, made a huge difference in how that looked. We did it right at the back of the studio. I laid for the chalk. Like, it's these creative things that, and what really impressed me is how excited he was, you know? Like, it, it, he, it was a part of him, you know? And I really enjoyed that. So it was pretty And it know, came out really, side. really pro. Like, Ron I like it. Ron Rugged, yeah. I like the song too, because it's explaining the experience that you have with police brutality and. Yeah, that was written right after. Um, well, I volunteered for a long time at El Centro Cultural de Mexico in Santa Ana. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. I had a studio there, so you know my whole point is to try to record a lot of people for who don't normally have access to quality studio sessions. And we were doing it for a while, and you know we have a couple beers and what all and all that. But when we were there, no one was drinking, and there was bottles laying around. Cops walked by, and as I'm freestyling, oh, excuse me, they were on their horses. They were trotting by across the street, and I'm rapping through the beat in the parking lot, the stereo playing in the car. And I say, on this land of occupying forces, and get those animals off those horses. And they hear me. They, you literally hear the, the you know, and it cluck 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 cluck. You put it in reverse. And they come back, and they're like, "What are you guys doing here?" And they look on the ground, and there's beers, but from all the people walk by, you know what. Whatever it might be. I mean, I had drank, but I didn't have anything, right? Mm-hmm. Boom, instantly, ID everybody. I'm over here. Oh, crap. My friends are undocumented. You guys working with ICE this year. What am I supposed to do? And, and I was already livid. So was my friend. She she, she got the worst end of it. Um, had a huge argument with the cops. And once it all happened, they grabbed me and her. And my friends got away. And at that moment, I wasn't thinking, oh, shit, what should I do to help my friends? I was just thinking, hell no, you ain't a this. You're walking into our property. Get out. No one called you. No one wants to talk to you. They didn't like that very much, you know, and got arrested, got beat up a little bit. The whole I can't breathe. I said it out loud because I couldn't, you know, and I got lucky I didn't get shot, actually, because um, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of the surfer things. But um, I, I was going into the studio, and the studio lock somehow was messing up and it's turned a little bit so you take it it's an extra moment to and as soon as i did that i heard him behind me and i'm like i'm not gonna do this because if i do this he's gonna break in here too and grab me and now i'm inside the place now it becomes a whole bigger deal right oh, wow. right so i'm like okay i turn around i'm sorry right before i turned around to do that with the key i reached go reach but i was reaching for my keys oh wow and i was like whoa uh, Take it easy, forget about it, you know? And yeah, it, it was an intense situation. Spent the night in jail. It was one of those arrests where they're just intimidating arrest. Uh, a did, caveat. They, did they charge you with anything? Yeah, they charged me for resisting arrest. Actually, it was my first charge. Interesting. Yeah, right? Uh, public intoxication. Public intoxication. I demanded a blood test or something. They didn't want to give me a breathalyzer or nothing. And also, uh, 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 something public. I don't know. It's like when you're just being rowdy in public. I don't know what the hell the charge was. Screw them. Funniest thing in there, me and uh, the homegirl were demanding, mostly her, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, we definitely wanted to make sure, like, hey, well, let's do it. I want your evidence to be open to me when I take your asses to court. You know, and uh, they didn't want to do it, they want to do it. And then it's, they're trying to fingerprint us. My girl's being, my homegirl's being difficult. 
for them, of course, right? Like, nah, oh, yeah. hey, be careful. She's the coworker uh, on the police department. She was telling her coworker, right? They're talking amongst each other loud enough and says, hey, be careful. She knows her rights. I was like, hmm, interesting. That's when I knew, no matter what the fuck we say, we're going to spend the night here. They'll let us know. Well, that, that story. And then I wrote it in my head as I was in there and I got out. <laughs> immediately started wow. thinking about what to say. That's an intense experience. I yeah. mean, I haven't felt that since the early 90s here in East Los Angeles where you, you get that experience. Yeah. You know, it's, still, it's still very hard. But I'm glad you brought it up because when they ask me about how to change things, you can't change colonial perspective. In other words, you're guilty just because they want you to be guilty. And whether you're guilty or not, you're going to spend an experience, a traumatic experience, like being put in a cage and told you don't have any rights or played with the fact that you're saying, oh, she knows her rights is kind of making fun of you. Because if you did, then you wouldn't be in that situation. Or manipulating the, the, the little power they know they have in ways where... Absolutely. I've already said this on the podcast that, that I feel, and this is just my opinion, that police officers, military officers, anybody with the uniform is a higher class of citizen. Everyone else is less because you don't wear this uniform. You don't represent any organization, right? It kind of reminded me of... Sometimes, say. sometimes when, <laughs> sometimes when, uh, when we talk about these things and we say they, I was thinking about that. Yeah, yeah they, yeah. they, they, and there's no like, they. there's no they. There is a they. I'm gonna show you the they. I'm gonna do a video very soon too. They is as we get people. into the Patreon stuff, and and start breaking down on 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 a very different level, right? But if you ever gone into a city and seen on like some polls. There are these <laughs> plaques. Adopt the highways. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking well, about like, there's these like plaques of organization. It'll say Shriners. I got you. Yes. It'll say, yes. it'll say Masons. A Mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Mason Lo one. Local, whatever. Yeah, but they're not very big. They're not big billboards. They're kind of like these really eight, maybe 10 inches plaques that represent certain organizations. As you go into each city, you'll see what plaques and what what organizations live in that city. That is the they. That's they. Because they're on the... They see you walking from your school to your house. They. They talk to the captain of the police. Yeah. They. They're organizations that let themselves be known because they have to. Just like a predator in the jungle will let you know. So they exist. Well, they let you know right before. So they whoever. Need to. <laughs> so we want to know who is pushing the boot on the throat and creating experiences like you just. It, yeah. There's a they. There. Yeah, those are the people that push back when the you hear the majority of the population asking, begging, demanding some for something that they need, rent control, um, um, just uh, things about you know gentrification. Just, Anything that the, the even like in the national level, healthcare, like all these things that you know, we there are attainable and there is the money, but the they don't want you to have it, don't need you to they suffer. And what I'm trying to break down is they is not in the Bill Gates seat, no. it's more like on the city council seat, right? 
from that point on, it goes a little higher. And then it goes a little oh, higher. Then it goes a little higher. Yeah. Then it goes to the Senate. And then, then the Congress. The, and then, yeah. It goes Cabinet. up up the ladder. Yeah. But there is a they. And the they and is they those little plaques. When you go into a city, <laughs> they're there. Those organizations have members. Those members own businesses or has investments in that neighborhood, in that piece of land. There is a they. And it's very clear who that is. Sometimes the if we're not educated on it, we'll say, oh, look at the conspiracy of Bill Gates. And Bill Gates is calling the shots. But he doesn't have any power without the they. You understand? If yeah. he doesn't control the small people, how can he control the whole shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's very direct people that you can really put a complaint on because there are these small, they're small businesses compared to the big corporations that fall in line. That's how we're getting into these big messes and stuff. And that's how you get police um, they stations. They know who the enemy is. Yeah. Exactly, because th yeah. these businesses will go, these private businesses, they have plaques in front of the cities that you go into. They have meetings every month and they discuss, we need this property over here. We need this apartment building over here. We need it. So yeah. we need to get, and that's where gang injunctions are born. That's where things start to get. So it's, there is a they. And yeah. the they is those little plaques before you go into that fucking city and you see it and it says Masonic Lodge, da 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 da, or it says so and so. Find out who goes to that lodge. That is the they. And then they don't even know that they're being the they. And they have their own they. Right. <laughs> And it's then crazy. That, that psychological mag magician <laughs> magician's trick is a, what keeps us, you know, circles. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you say that, yeah, right? Because that's where I wanted to kind of have your opinion, right, and Armando's opinion about this Kanye West interview, mm. right? Not as a relevant thing towards our people or Ali Natives, but yeah. I wanted to point out a thing that I saw in the interview that were very key to me. Two things that were just super subtle, super quick, but he went on with his influence. Let's give it to him. He's an influencer. He does. He doesn't influence me for shit. Yeah. I might not even know that he did. Right, that's, but that's it's, the, whether, that's it did, whether he did you or me, it didn't matter. He just influences people, but yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. all seeing, all knowing. Gotcha, gotcha. It's just, a popular person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I'm right. saying is that he might have influenced us without even us knowing. Exactly. That's what that's what makes it so impactful and so dense. So he goes on this podcast show. I don't know what it's called. The Drunks. What is yeah. it called? Drink Champs. Yeah. I would have a dumbass name like that. Drink Champs. Yeah. It's a garbage ass show, by but the way. Shout out so to Nice he Prince. Goes, he goes on this fucking <laughs> thing, right? And he throws two things very subtle. He's all, I don't own a home. My home is this backpack. I don't own material things. Well, hello, motherfucker. That's the new agenda. Get everybody off of ownership. But he does it very subtly. And he's so influential that he feels like he's exposing these elites, right? But if he's exposing these elites, why the fuck is he having dinner with them? Why is he begging money from them? Why is he trying to be one of them? Right? He said on that interview, Jeff Bezos is my peer. Right? 
She said, so-and-so is my peer. They're looking at him like... <laughs> and they're, and he's probably right. He probably can have lunch with Jeff Bezos and call a meeting with somebody. But my point is, he's very subtly taking you down that rabbit hole of this new agenda. Where you don't own a house. You don't own a car. And you, de- and you depend on... What did they call it? Uh, yeah, universal basic income. The universal basic income. Because he said he was going to put himself on the stock market and become a public traded commodity to hit $1 trillion to guarantee money to people. Because no one should be poor. But that's a very subtle Sounds so beautiful. push yeah, but towards this new agenda. Yeah. Right? Where they're stripping our rights away. They're stripping our ability to have a business away. It's very subtle, but yet he goes on this fucking show and acts like a king and says, I'm for you guys. I'm with you guys. But no one, and and I'm not really biblical, but from what I heard of the devil, he's like (laughs) right there with you, right? Like Kanye saying, like, yeah, look, I'm going to exploit this guy. My buddy. Right? I just wanted to point out those things. I, probably the chat has, you know, a response to that. But oh, yeah, I just noticed that. Javier Hernandez, Mr. Lopez. But that, those subtle things that happen. So when we talk about the situation that we're in, which is very serious and very divisive, it's driven by one thing, celebrity. We're I was the, talking to you earlier, yeah, earlier the, about it. And I, and I said this one term, I've uh, read up on some stuff, but. The stages of empires, you know, and we're, we're way past the due date, but I'm thinking because there's new technology, it can last a little longer, but we're in the age of decadence. This is where you celebritize everything, even your chefs, you, uh, yeah, everything's worth, uh, you control how much things, are, like diamonds, for example, like, you know how many diamonds exist, it shouldn't cost so much, right? Uh, all these lies and like, these like ultra, ultra uh, uh, mind manipulating advertisements and colors and studying how the brain, like this is like on, on, on whole new level of manipulation mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but again you say it's subtle it's i don't know very this, subtle but it's i drive by a certain subtle. restaurant fast and i'm like hey i want a burger oh. why you know mm-hmm. why don't i go buy a plant and go "Ooh, i want that carrot or give me that potato right why can't i see a plant and feel that i know it's partly me obviously right it, it, but i don't know man this is something that's been happening since before i was born i was born into it so I, it's hard for me to like why does food that's supposed to be good taste bland why does the natural thing from the earth taste bland when I've seen things that taste so, and I'm like, and then I taste the, the, the stuff that's, uh, I guess, uh, given the okay, you know, uh, GMO fruits and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is how it's supposed to taste. Well, right? That's, <laughs> and it's like, that's where you're going back. And then my, how, you're going you back to saliva, what I'm saying. Has that ever hurt your saliva glands when you pint to something sweet or something mm. way too much flavor? No, I know, not. I know that this tightens up your, your glands and your saliva. Right, because it's 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 the city acidity or whatever it might mm. be. But I know that when if that happens, that food has too much flavor. Mm. Doritos and things like that, or, oh, or, see, or, or big old sour the candies, because it's like it's telling you, oh, and it's hurting you, almost telling you, don't eat this. Right. But once you get past that, like you start. And that's what I love about the way Kanye says things. Right. So subtle. It's super subtle. It's super subtle, yet it's still along the lines of the new agenda. Like, he's one of them. He's probably in the meetings with them going, I can convince them. Watch, look. 
and look, I'm God. Look, I could do this. And you're going to, I'm going to say this and you're going to believe it. And because I'm so dope, I'm so fresh. And he just kept referring to the new religion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The new religion, which is ego, which is like you were saying, celebritizing everything. Ah. Determine people's worth by how many people listen to him. Right. How many followers does he have? Right. What influence does he have? What's the number? What's the exposure number? Right. So, I don't know. I thought it was very important for me to kind of point out those two things about, because sometimes we'll, we'll look at an interview. Oh, that was a great interview, man. That guy was breaking it down. Look how much knowledge he was sharing with us. What was he sharing? He was just sharing his private moments with rich people. Yeah. You know, extraordinary rich people. And then going and putting himself in that. Now, that leads me to who I think he really kind of reminds me of and this is something that i can't prove but it reminded me of mozart because they i have read in some instances that mozart was black he was a prodigy black kid and the elites blasphemy (laughs) and the elites (laughs) Would take them to different... Show them off. Show them off and get him bigger. And they ultimately destroyed him. Right? Because his talent and his... You know, we don't know the true stories because he happened in the 1700s. And so what, yeah, what mean, could it... Well, they got a girl in Poe, like someone... I mean, how could, after a certain amount of years, like he can't really track it down. Yeah, because and, uh, and he, have the accuracy. They got to put just a name on something that right. he didn't do at all. But and they now, definitely and took it, Mozart into being this... Again driven by white supremacy like they took jesus and they made him white it surprised me if he was black right what even, even in the, the pictures because he has that curly hair like apparently he died in an unmarked grave right they buried he killed they killed him and he died and they just buried him and they don't they don't know where he is right but think about now now let's think about kanye right now he's kind of this fucking musical genius that gets to go into any fucking room if he wanted to go see the pope he could well he compares himself to moses Right, the religious figure. Yeah. But he's more like Mozart, not Moses. He's a key to the city, to every political, business, whatever, because of his prodigy, right? His genius, right? But subtly pushing this agenda, very subtly, right? I don't own a home. Only the home is whack. This is my home, this little bag right here. Right, so that twenty years from now, what an asshole! I've been doing that shit since the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you're forced to do that. Yeah, and that's but, what I'm saying. Yeah. But he was saying that yeah. he, oh, he's in this. You know, I just really paid attention to what he was trying to push, because you have to read between the lines when people push you something, right? And that was a very standoff thing. I don't own a house. Whoa, new yeah, agenda. No new agenda maybe he does but that's what he was trying to push off as the new cool says the guy that has his uh, golden parachute right right and no plus he's very you know extravagant i'm not saying that he isn't but what i'm trying to say is that he's planting seeds in young people 25 years from now no one's gonna know that he owned houses and they're gonna go oh wow look at what he was saying and take his word but i i I do give kanye credit that he did come from absolutely nothing from what i know for a fact when it comes to the hip-hop game he used to open up for uh per cp yeah yeah Mm. 
He's over, uh, according to many, many different interviews and such media, that he'd always try to rap to the point where the people are like, oh, God, here comes, here he comes. Right. He's going to uh, rap. He's going to win a rap again. Sway used to tell a story on his radio station how uh, Kanye used to always run up to him at the railroad station and just like demand Sway to listen to his mixtape. And Sway like never took him serious. Mm-hmm. So that was like, he, he did come from the underground scene, but now he's just turned into a, a cyborg. Well, I mean, I think he just, he's, he's, he's definitely a musical genius in my opinion. He should get a dose of illness. Like, he's, he's really, he's a really good producer. He knows how to construct songs. I mean, he knows in, in, when we're talking about industry stuff, right? The industry, what how to Kanye do, say? how to do a, a business deal or whatever the fuck. But his influence, in my opinion, kind of. All that interview, if you re-watch that interview, you will see the new agenda, right? The new agenda, celebrity-driven fear. And he leads the way. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 what I'm talking about is that he's talking about God. I'm God and Jesus. And then, and then he calls his two friends a goat. A goat? Wait a minute. A goat? What does goat represent? It's the new version of God, right? But goat, but satanic goat. It is of all time, right? The goat. Right? And the goat's how did, the idol. How did, like, if someone ever said, ah, oh, Zero, you're the goat, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you thinking about? Like, I ain't no fucking Satanist. I'm not into my own ego. What are you talking about? You know, like, it's very subtle. Do you see how well, it, it, it's, a, it's a metaphor for greatest of all times. But. It's also very explicit well, that's it, that, that, that it's yeah. a symbol. Of, it's a I just think there's too much power in Kanye. And is it a coincidence that he's married okay. to a lady that's married to uh, Travis Scott, who just murdered eight kids in Houston? That's the other thing I want to talk about. But let me get back have to no power over me. Let me get back to goat. Here's why I'm going to tell you goat means a certain thing. It still means the same thing as it always felt like it's a, a Luciferian symbol. But. Back in the days, in 1928, there was Jewish rich men, or I don't know if they're Jewish, but they were white men, sitting around, figuring out a way to make black people call themselves nigger in a positive way. They sat in a private club and they smoked cigarettes and they're like, who can we get to make nigger a popular word? And so they tried to get jazz people. They tried to get these other people. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's a negative word towards our people. Fast forward to NWA and Tupac. That agreement of white men trying to make that word popular still kept alive. Right? Now you get into this time where it's cool to call each other that. Now you get cemented in that private club as a person. That's why everyone's saying savage now. Well, I don't know. Everyone's that, saying that, savage. That's savage. That savage. This and all that. That and was a breakdown of. Oh man, I, I, I forgot. Well, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I've heard something similar. Yeah, and and, and, it, and it seems like a huge point. Okay, okay. Let me let me tell you this. But I'm talking the about 80s, the subtleness of yes, it. Yes. The subtleness of how they make it cool for you to be poor. Yeah. Cool for yeah. you to be a gangster. Right there. Cool for you to be a nigga. Right there. Right now, now the most coolest, the fact that you, that you don't say that to someone is kind of like, ah, oh, he's old. Right? But there's a group of people that make 
these subtle suggestions, just remember that the English language is how to write words is called spelling. What kind of spelling are we doing to each other is what I want to bring aware and how subtle it is and how Kanye did it on the biggest, the fucking podcast. Like he was very subtle about it. I'm God. I'm God, but those are my goats. That's a reference to Luciferianism. His whole attitude is Luciferianism. I'm so dope. I'm really dope. No one better than me. That's Luciferianism. Not Satanism. Luciferianism. Very different. These are subtle agendas that I feel we need to be aware of. Not that it's the great kukui, <laughs> but let them individuals know that we come from a place that's far beyond that bullshit. We come from time. We come, we are the great grandchildren of the abuelos who figured out time. Far more different than being the goat. Far more different than being whatever the fuck he was trying to put on that podcast. Yet, he was a rebel. He was a Bob Marley, he said. He said he compared himself to Bob Marley. Maybe to some younger. But Bob Marley fucking awoken the black community to being African. That's a big fucking shoe to fill. And you putting yourself on a publicly created platform on Wall Street to create a trillion dollars so you can give back a universal income? That sounds like your friends, brother. That sounds like your fucking meeting friends, all your elites, all your gap people, all your motherfucking... Well, he uh, did. All those people that he kept mentioning. Well, in that interview, he did mention that he's wearing the red hat now. He's, he put back the red hat, which is the Make America Great Again hat, the Trumper hat, whatever. No, I, I think that's. I, I don't. I'm just trying to say the subtlety and the influence through his music, through his art, through his church, who he's putting on, right? Who is he putting on? Kid Cudi. Hey, he asked me to go Kid on. Cudi wore a dress on, on SNL. <laughs> I'd go Kid on. Cudi wore a dress on SNL. Savage. Kid Cudi got a fucking brand new Prime documentary. Where, I, I don't know, it's on Prime, I think. You're, you're absolutely right. He is the one that signed and put on Kid, uh, Kid, Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi. Yeah. I mean, come on, bro. This is all very subtle. Subtly done, right? Wearing a dress I, I, I was, is a big never, deal. Wearing a dress in public is a big deal in the Masonic world. Wearing a dress in public is a big deal in the Masonic world. These are not, these are things that back in the day you would be called crazy. Oh, you're crazy for knowing. No, this is now your reality because now people reference the goat, but the goat is a Luciferian symbol. And we got to call it out. Not that I'm all Jesus Christ or anti-anything. I eat birria, so I don't cook too much. <laughs> Bury that sucker. But nah, you know, it's, I, it's I, I don't, yeah. I, I just have to, I have to say my piece on pop culture because it's, it's, I don't want my five-year-old kid to be 
20 years old in 10 years from now and be like the goat you know i gotta school you, you now if, if, yeah if you school them now and you keep them from that the keeping from i mean you can't lock someone out of the world right but people look at it strange when you don't allow uh, when you mention i don't know like someone in the youth not paying attention to the stuff well ignore it, it you know don't have access to it it seems like it's so normal for a kid to have an ipad now with full well, access to everything on the internet i think what what i've seen in my family is I never I never stopped it and my kids into that let them be into it but I contrast it with truth yeah yeah and what is the truth when one time me and my partner were arguing right this is the truth this is how I contrast all their bullshit all the gold all that shit I take my son to the lodge in the lodge he hears the sweat leader say never get home never Never go to bed angry, right? Fast forward 10 years, you know, from that moment. And he sees me and his, me and my partner have a little disagreement. And he tells me, Dad, never go to bed angry. That, to me, is how we contrast this yeah. bullshit stuff and you got to be real with your kids and maybe you don't have access to the sweat lodge but have a good conversation with them look into their eyes and tell them you love them from the bottom of your heart and that i love doing mean, that with my family they mean everything to you that's how you contrast this ego thing this whole thing that i just saw i, I now look i'm not trying to piss on kanye i am right <laughs> Whatever. Because I want to suck. I am trying to point out things that these know. motherfuckers think they're so slick that, that no one sees it. That's what I want to. That I challenge that. Kanye's you know? one of the worst. Him, Drake, uh, Travis Scott. Who else? Is I on mean, that? if you don't know, I the mean, name, it's funny because not you're not into that whole. But I'm, I'm sure I can get a couple of people that I know that are much younger to name off a few artists that are popular right now. And the name of trash, trash. Great production, trash. Yeah. You know, your, your producer, I'm talking about your beat maker. Whoever produces the records, you know, and does all the editing and all that magic is a genius. I want to give that guy my money. But like some smartest are just trash. And, and, and it goes because the message, what they're conveying, what value do they carry to the people that are benefiting from such uh, an artist, right? And those are, besides the people that are monetarily gaining and investors and, and whatever corporations, it's also they're pushing this agenda and they may not even know that they're a part of this agenda being pushed. They're just, well, they're here's, just another, here's, here's another, look, here's another, they're just another subtle thing that he did in that interview. But look, Zero, you, you peel back the orange and what's the foundation? It's hip hop, bro. Yeah. Hip-hop. Well, that's, that, that tells you how far hip hop influence yeah. is. It's a huge influence because even with verses. And they're creator. and they're and they're you know them battling each other. Like, it's reinvented. It's Karis one. Yeah, it's that, yeah. and then uh, Jada Kiss and that, and the diplomats, and it's starting up. It's, I'm sure they're gonna have hundreds of other ones. And this are, is why this podcast is so vital because we're trying to tackle that that sector, but you know, in, in an indigenous way. Well, we want to bring reality back because we got to get back to time sequence, time understanding. You know, we just had our grand opening on a very important day, according to Masatin, right? According to Masatin, we started, um, we had our grand opening on the first day of the 260-day calendar. And I wish he was here to break it down. And, and we'll definitely have more time with him. 
and as we grow into the Patreon. But I, I want to give my opinion about what he said that day. And I want everyone to kind of grasp that. He said, today is one Sipakli. 260 days from now will be nine months and a completion of another cycle of 260 days. The gestation of a human. What are you going to plant? And what are you going to check on 260 days from now? Those are powerful cycles that get you out of the ego and put you back into the sequence of time. Sacred time. Time that is connected to each one of your heartbeats. So I've been keeping track of these days. And I'm 260 days from now. I want to have something born. I want to have an idea born. We need to be in those time sequences to combat all this foolishness. Because when we go back into the energies of time, then we can confront white supremacy and very, how can I say this, fickle ideologies, right? Because if you base your ideology on ego, you have a long way down. It's not there yet for this brother, you know, but rely on your community, rely on your family. And, and he did, he did, I, I liked that part of that interview where he talked about taking care of his family and, you know, being very close to his family. That's important, but try not to do it by throwing the rest of the people like into the fire with your new agenda shit, right? And saying that you're for the people and that, I want to stop abortion and fucking all this it's other... It's funny because he has been influential, but I rarely hear anything about... This is the most I've heard about Kanye. And, you know, ever, like, like in any, like... Like, I see a thing or, you know, somebody has a video. I'm like, yeah, I don't really pay attention. I choose, I not, I choose, I choose, I choose not to click, right? But the way you're breaking it down, it's like, yeah, no. I mean... He went from uh, uh, George Bush hates black people to... Make America great again. And that's a, Watch it. a Ernest, huge transformation. Ernest is going to wake up in the morning and check out all of his new interviews. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just... <laughs> ah, you planted well, a seed. No, well, it's just, it's just, I'm pointing it out because you. it's a new agenda. And it's not only him that's doing oh. it. Everyone does it in their own way. Here's another way that a celebrity does it. When Matthew McConaughey fucking interviews Anthony Fauci. Celebrity-driven fear. Well, Sean Penn with Chapo. Right? <laughs> uh, but that that right there, that was a big one for me. McConaughey and Fauci? I didn't even know and, that happened. And, and McConaughey is all fucking... Well, I've seen it very briefly because I'm paying attention to what I the am, fucking rights so that are unplugged. being stripped I away so from unplugged. us. I, I'm paying attention because they're stripping rights away like crazy. Yeah. yeah most little by little. Right? And it's water. very subtle. It's very subtle. And how do we combat this? Hip-hop. What are we, what are, what are we going to do? Through, through music, yes, we, we, we proliferate a message. But I believe that when we come back to ancient wisdoms and rhythms and connections and creating that solid community, then sovereignty play, plays a role. And at one point in this drama, sovereignty is going to play a role. It has to. Because no one can just declare tyranny and fascism like they did in the 30s and 40s. There's going to be a different, because, you know, there's underbellies of things, right? There's like, 
kind of if you think of the city of Los Angeles, there's business owners, but those business owners have crime connections. <laughs> They're not just like regular business owners and they want to see their businesses thrive. And I just don't see them catching the criminal element of this dysfunction. Right. And that's where their contrasts and their clashes are. As long and along with other people that just really don't agree with the new agenda of stripping your rights, you have no ownership, and you're gonna get a universal income that's gonna shrink, 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 and then supply shrink, 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 and then boom, the chaos happens. This is all designed. This is not something that we should ignore at all. We should be very on top of this. And when you have quote unquote influential people, which they are because that shit was everywhere. You know, that's why I'm talking about it. When I see it everywhere, it's like seeing a popular TV show or something happen on the news that you have to look at. Well, that's the way they use social media now. Because think about it. Who popped off this whole bullshit? It was a celebrity that popped this off. It had to be a celebrity. Somebody that had millions and millions of followers that Tom when Hanks. she turned on... Oh, Tom, Tom Hanks, Tom. I agree. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks did it. It was, it, it was celebrity and driven. Cardi B did the music, the soundtrack to it. And then there was a few other ones. Well, it was a viral thing, you know. Yeah. When, But think about it. If you have a person that can turn on their phone and all of a sudden, you know, 100,000 people are clicking in and clicking in and clicking in, right? And she's hyping it up. Oh, coronavirus. Let's get it real. And then, boom, the shit goes viral. And then all of a sudden, and then you got the media going, now we're going to lock down. And now we're going to... Celebrity-driven fear, brothers and sisters. That's what I'm talking about being aware of. Stripping your rights through fear, through actors. People are getting paid to say these things. It's not a, a fucking... It's, it's not brain surgery to figure that out. Right now, it's going to switch into get your vaccine, get your vaccine. You know, I'm a celebrity guy and I got my vaccine and I'm doing great. This is 90 days and I'm blah, blah, blah. But now I'm on my fifth shot. My fifth shot is even better. Get ready for those boosters. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck, dude. You're going to have to walk around like a fucking infant. LA with- Times just announced that uh, apparently they, they've been doing some studies that the two shots are not as effective as they thought. So that's obviously a sign that. They're rolling out those those boosters, baby. That's incredibly, dude. It's like, it's like it reminds me of my kids, fucking infant. You know, back in the day, I wasn't aware of vaccines, but you know, or mine. Shit, my mom showed me mine and fucking, fucking nine hundred thousand vaccines on that shit. And you I'm, walk around like a grown adult, fucking going, look, uh, I got my fucking shot. And and now they're. Saying- I'm not. I'm not trying to. You know disrespect anybody who has got it or feels like they need it that's your decision but i, I will <laughs> just like, just kidding. but for me it's like you you have to be very aware of agendas i'm against it i'm for it subtle I'm, agendas and and there's there's fascism that's out there and, right and that's where we're going so so illness yo i'm not american enough <laughs> i'm not mexican enough i'm not indigenous enough i can't afford to look it up bro when i saw Mexican haiku, bro. That that was that made my day, bro. <laughs> Can you go ahead and break that down? Like, where? What does that all stem from? Uh, yeah, the cool segue, by the way. Uh, yeah, and it connects to being savage too, by the way. Um, I'm American, right? I'm born in this country. So according to 
uh, natural law or whatever law that exists in this this in this territory, this property. So let me be clear. Um, we live under the rule well, of law. The, yeah, the rule That's of law. That's the rule of yeah, law. Yeah, natural law. Right, so the rule of law says that I am a citizen of this nation and I'm entitled. I haven't felt entitled to... I'm entitled to a lot of things. Inalienable rights. I haven't felt that way for many, many situations. I felt less valuable, even places that I can't access, uh, that are accessible to anyone born on this land. Um, so American, I felt many times I'm not American enough. Maybe because I'm not white, maybe because I'm not rich, maybe because I'm not, a, whatever, it might be. Influential, I don't know. And then I'm not Mexican enough because since I was born here, I was raised here, and my cultural identity is from Mexico. Oh, shout out to Guadalajara. Um, I'm not Mexican enough because mi gente de, de la tierra de allá looks at me differently. No pocho. You don't have to be born in uh, in Mexico to be uh, to not be Mexican. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I was, I was born in Guatemala, and I, I don't consider myself Guatemala. I mean, like I, when I go over there, they don't see me as a Guatemala. You know. Wow. Yeah, and that's what I'm you getting know? at. You so, know. So you're 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 just like a an alien from outer space, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, and that's why what you said. I mean, like I identify with that. You know. Like, yeah, and, and then but, I, I've, but, I've even been a perpetrator of that very pinche pot. Look at that pocho over there. Oh, look at that pinche indio here, right? Like, like, and it's it's weird because you grow up, this thing's become natural. It's what it is, right? So not American enough. I'm not Mexican enough. And then, you know, discovering that I, my ancestry and I know I'm connected to this land thousands of years ago. Indigenously. Indigenous. As an indigenous person, i not indigenous enough for certain communities or maybe the name Salvajes was not good or... You know, well, how can you be indigenous? What tribe are you from? I don't know. Yeah. And to get to the last part, to really sum up like the effect of this trauma of not being able to identify concretely with any one of these three demographics is is that I have to I can't afford to look it up. Okay. You gotta look it up for I don't know, Ancestry.com. <laughs> Who are these people that own the knowledge, man? <laughs> Who are these people that own and, and, and have control over information that should be uh, given freely to everybody to know where they came from? Obviously, there's so many reasons why and how the oppression continues, but I can't afford it. Zero, that's a great question. I can't, who, I can't. Who, who runs Ancestry? You know what? My big how brother have got, his, my got his reading, bro, and I'm like, yo, I'm not going to pay 100 bucks for a bullshit-ass reading. I don't know, man. It's this marketing, man. Like, they sell you a product. You commodify you a no, product. ancient I, knowledge. Like, this is... Uh. No, it's not It's not necessary. But we automatically believe that they swiped 8 billion people on this fucking planet. And then they stored it properly, and now it has its own little database or some shit. Yeah. Of that's just a fucking scam, man. In my opinion, it's a fucking scam, yeah. dude. They're taking your feria, especially if it's fucking over a hundred dollars. Is it over a hundred dollars? I have no yes, idea. I, I can't think afford so. it. Yeah, it's like one twenty-five or there so. There Full reading. There you go. See now, everybody on the planet's gonna go fucking swipe their thing, and they're gonna go. Let's see who we're gonna fucking. And then tell they store him. your there's, DNA. There's like white people saying they're indigenous oh, because no, of I'm, that. Hold on, I'm one sixteenth Apache. <laughs> That's yeah, what I hear guys. often, and I find that offensive. <laughs> I always, I always go back to my prime examples of of what we're living in. We're living in a in a situation that's trying to mimic kings and queens, right? Kings and queens, people who 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 would look at a village and see it thriving, and then go oppress that village and take what that village is, and all of a sudden they're that village, right? If there was a doctor there who was curing people, all of a sudden he got gulped up and then his ideas and got mastered and all of a sudden now the king knows how to do it. Yep, Apple. Right? That's uh, most uh, tech companies right now. So you, I, you, feel, you, I feel like they run under this monarch system 
right? And but they just call it different things like corporations, corporate oligarchy, uh, corporatocracies, uh, and there's like ten different ways that it's ran. You know, right. but it's all under one umbrella. But it all has the same philosophy, yeah, yeah. right? One head, a board, all the all these things. Profit that, driven. All these things that, comp- compart- that are compartmentalized. That are but, but you know, when when you put out the statement, you know, I'm not American enough. I'm not mixing enough. I'm not indigenous enough. I can't afford to look it up, bro. You were just like, that's me. That's zero. That's illness. But let me that's, get back. Let me get that's back. DJ to the, Warlock one. Let me get back. And to and, and guys, if there's anyone watching this, do you feel the same way? Chime in, leave the comments. So let me get back to what I was saying about the oligarchies is that when they have enough money and if they're in this monarch system, they're just going to go buy it because they have the resources and appropriate it and make it theirs. And all of a sudden erase who was there. And then they kind of like Nikola Tesla, right? They yeah. bought all his patents, destroyed it, right? And, put, and put now fucking Elon Musk is taking fucking credit for all of the work that fucking Tesla did. Right, because he has a Rolodex. Well, Thomas, of fucking, Edison, Thomas Edison took. He has a Rolodex of fucking Tesla's genius. And Tesla much. died broke and like outcasted from That's the whole society. That's what I'm trying to point out is that it's a monarch system where they come, they extract, take, and then all of a sudden it's them that did it. Uh, uh, and that's not the fucking truth. That's how they gain wealth. The wealth gained, slave trade, like the sugar cane, then the patent office came, took my inventions away. You know, like, okay, what's the greatest invention of the oppressor is the patent office. So now I, I, I'm, I first assigned the paper. I came up with the idea legally, right? Um, um, all the way down to, I was mentioning Apple. Um, one of the companies that first did anything you come up with under our hours under our you know you're, you're you're working for us our equipment those ideas belong to us mm. right you come up with something and you try to someone else will bury you you know like so then that reminds me all your wealth th- th- that, that reminds me that reminds me pretty much it gives me a, a kind of segue to what i'm going to say is that you know these monarchs they just see talent or see something it's kind of like the movies you know they took the native from us and they made it this tough guy who the warrior and what about the humble native what about the connected native what about the native like wavanka what about the natives like female the dual spirited right the females that had medicine and and all that stuff but we took hollywood's word for it and it's all a monarch system it's all just based on resource and wealth and the rich people you know armando that you know how concerts started Concert started by a rich person knowing a musician, inviting him to his house, and he would only invite his friends. And they would watch this private performance, and then they got wise and said, "Well, fuck! I could charge this motherfucker for sitting in my house watching this guy." And that's how concerts are born, right? Rich people take talent, buy it, own it, and now it's theirs, even though. There's a human there. <laughs> that's why, that's why, you know, you know, it's like where we, back in the days where we grew up, um, Morlock, where we're like, we're not going to sign a deal. No one's going to own me. Right. That's, that's exactly what monarchs do is that they own people. So not for one minute is Kanye not owned by somebody. Somebody's signing a check to somebody. He's not that independent that he claims to be. But that's who owns. That's who owns ancestry.com 
They could tell you whatever the fuck they want. They own it. Bro, my older brother what is are you gonna so do convinced. The, are you going to go to the, are you going to become a genealogist and go, well, wait, your fucking DNA is off right here. You know, it's like, you don't know. According, according to, uh, according to ancestors.com, I'll be honest, I took the swab. They said that I'm from um, Norwegia. <laughs> and this uh, was based off a of swab? That's my, that's my mother's side. My dad's side is Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, bro. Like I'm saying, I'm just saying all that to be silly because like you don't know. Yeah, they could tell you anything. They they could you know, and, and I'm sure there's a transparent method to it, and people who are smart enough in that realm can say, oh, actually, this is legit. You still don't know. They could have fudged something things up, and then hey, ever since that one scare from 2010, everything's been 30 percent off. Dude, I remember. You the know, first, like you don't know. I remember the first commercials of Ancestry.com. They show a woman. This is how the media works. This is how people manipulate you. This is how Hollywood manipulates you, right? All they have to do is get a white woman to have a little vial and walk in a, an African village and swipe somebody. That's the commercial, right? She walks into the village and she's swiping, putting it in the thing and storing it. We have collected all the people on the planet. Ancestry.com, $120, find out who you are, right? Miss me with that bullshit. That's crazy that you're taking something so valuable, even though it seems so innocent. And making it through Yours. science, Belong through science, to, but no proof holding that it this hostage. is the way it is. Holding that knowledge it's a, hostage, it's a, bro. Uh, to me... It's a ransom thing. Now, to me, look, you can call me crazy, call me whatever you want, but crazy, I'm not... Crazy, I'm, that's a TV dinner for me. Like, they convinced <laughs> people that TV dinners were bomb <laughs> until were. you actually fucking cooked the TV dinner right, and had but, to fucking but eat what, it. what's the term... <laughs> Right? It's true. So, Ancestry.com, anybody fucking shows me that, like, Iron Jacket or anybody, <laughs> it's like a TV dinner. Well, do you, you know have, I mean? do you believe in genetics? Because they kind of, they, they fall under that umbrella. They use the term genetics all the time on Ancestry.com. Like, how do you feel about that? Well, I think that we're in an age of uh, scientific narcissism where no one's educated enough to, um, from you know, elementary to college in those things to even challenge it. That's what I'm saying. Rockefeller, Carnegie, and all these motherfuckers created universities, hired people to say, this is the truth, and we all fucking fell for it. No one questioned them. I would have, but I wasn't alive. They're My all credit... Because they have fancy names like yeah. endowment. And they got money and resources. Right? Do you know what endowment means? Uh, no. No, neither do I. See? It, uh, uh, See? But it's an endowment to this university. In other words, of money from on, the, on, the, on that fucking check, it says endowment. That's a bunch of different I'm going to look it up. Money. If someone in the chat could look it up, what endowment means? It's a fund, I believe, from many multiple people. Uh, agencies, entities that put in a bunch of money and it's like money. Okay, and so then you get the money from the National Endowment of the Arts or the Endowment of the Welding or the, you know. So, it's all these, like, so, it's, so what you're telling me that an endowment is bunch of slush, old like, white men yeah. <laughs> who smoke cigars trying to manipulate society yeah. with educated people who they're paying to write a paper to say that this is truth. That's why I can't believe in those genetics or sciences or anything brought upon through white supremacy, right? Because them people in that room, I guarantee you were all white men smoking cigarettes, trying to manipulate 
or what they call social engineering. But we're savage. Yeah. We're wild. And that's how we squirm our way through this society. Because we're wild. We don't conform to their so-called brilliance. Their so-called brilliance is by keeping people dumb. That's their brilliance. Oh, look how dumb they are. Yep. Right? But that's not brilliant. That's lazy. That's so lazy. And you're arrogant about it. Well, that's where I'm here to challenge through truth. My ancestors left truth. They made the Tonal Mashiot. They taught us of the 260-day calendar. If we can use those energies in our daily life and understand how to implement those sacred commitments. DJ Warlock One, let me ask you a question. If you planted a seed on November 7th and that seed was, I'm going to make an album. In nine months, what kind of an album are you going to have? Illness featuring everybody. (laughs) (laughs) A classic? There you go, right? Because that's, it's a baby. And you're going to dedicate 260 days to it. And you're going to come out with a classic that means you're going to review that means you're going to you're going to go through all the energies of that calendar yeah it has to go through uh, different stages absolutely uh, i'm not just gonna like microwave my way through you know absolutely yeah. and that's that's a great example of how we shouldn't take our life we should make commitments of 260 days we should make commitments that are 100 years from now that's the kind of commitments that our ancestors gave they said 1000 years from now our great-grandchildren will see this. That's a long way to throw a stone, right? And now we're talking about it. It's been a part of my life for 25 years. And I had no elder to sit down and break anything down. I went and I found them. I went to the, to the ceremonies. So I do know what it feels like to not be American enough, Chicano enough. Mexican enough. Mexican enough native enough when i went to the reservations they were like oh that's the pretend native he thinks he's native (laughs) i was the native pocho oh yeah i was i was the native pocho least accepted natives right but we embrace all of you guys because we are native native is just a word really native is how you connect with the earth native is how you understand women and know that they're their separate entity and they're sovereign in their own way. That they're your ally on this earth. Native is having a deep connection with all the elements that create our life. There's no colonial name or border or test or genetic reading. Native is in your heart. And no matter how they try to genocide it out of you, it's still there because you're still alive. We're still alive. So you don't need somebody to say, hey, what up, native? You do you. I don't care what anybody says. And I've got confronted hundreds of times. Can you prove that you're native? Or can look at my face, man. You can't see my fucking face. Like an old Olmec, like ancient god. 
But more than that, but more than that, more than that, oh, that's funny. how I treat you as a human. Yeah. Because I know the, the special, even if you're aggressive or, or, or um, belligerent, I still see the brilliance in humanity because I see that brilliance in myself. And to me, being humble to all the, the elements, to all the two-legged, the animal kingdom, even the microscopic kingdom, that's what it truly means to be at one with everything and not be at odds with yourself because you're that reflection of that beauty, of that mystery, of that infinite, something we will never grasp. And every day it's a growing. Every day you learn more something new and... That's all the point of my like. What what is illness, right? Like, ill is the the hip, the info, the the clever, witty. Like, oh, I got this information. The ness is the identity, me, fluid, chilling, existing. You know, you put it together. It's the same thing like it's hip hop, right? But an illness is an infection of information. You know, it's like it's so much shit I want to share. <laughs> the best way I know how to do it is through through my art, and everything you'll see. It's packed with words and i don't know no other way to do it i have to try and force myself to slow down well that that's, you know <laughs> especially that's hooks just, and, and, and bridges and things like that that's but just a development of art though, yeah because you'll get to you'll get to stages i mean believe me uh, yes, I, started, I, I started making songs at 17 years old and my first poem is totally not the same as what i can write and do right now like dj warlock one it's a process, you know, there's a layer to it. It's not started with two buttons. Boom, boom, know, bah, bah. Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> it, bah, bah, bah. you grow into it. And, th and that's, and that's the beauty of becoming an artist and yeah. who you are. And what I love about you is the fact that you play with words so much yeah. and, and you make words mean something that they're like ill is like, you, yeah, you gotta be a hip hop head to know what ill means. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know yeah, I mean? yeah. Cause yeah. nowadays the kids don't really know that lingo anymore yeah you know? actually um which is what i felt funny <laughs> when when i saw the verses versus big daddy kane big Karras, daddy kane. come on man what you, you, he's doing it like, he has no, but like every song that big daddy kane came on like if you're not 45 years old you're not gonna fucking get into that groove of like fucking doo -doo. it's right. almost like a fucking disco song and right I just yeah, felt like, the damn, Big Daddy Kane has, like, he needs, like, older audience in here <laughs> to catch those fucking what's, what's, like, Queen Latifah-style beats and shit. If he would have different beats, he would have killed No, but I, I get his lyricism. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just thinking that, but see, that's a difference about art. And that's what I'm pointing out with Ill is that, is that the art, you got to keep going. And that's what Karis one did. With a deal, without a deal, he made... Fucking who am I? He made fucking all these other songs yeah. that out that made Big Daddy Kane sound dated, right? Because yes, yes. he kept going yeah. with his songs, right? Like who am I? The MC that yeah. that was put out in the two two thousands. Big yeah. Daddy Kane didn't have a hit single or any kind of single coming out in two thousand, which made his music sound dated. Yes, and and that that's also an element you take into. Uh, I guess when you come up with a conclusion, even though it's all friendly, it's still hip hop. It's a battle, mm -hmm. you know, and it go both ways because the lyricism, the performance, the words, the diction, the, 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 the just like the, whoa, how are you doing this? There's a lot of words in here. KRS was cutting off because it's used to performing. But then you bring that element, what you're saying, it's like, yeah, he went through a, 
a sound from 80s, 90s, 2000s, so even now. Yeah. You know, he went through the whole thing. Yeah. And intense energy, just blowing it up, like the hit after hit. He even called him out a few times, which is what hip hop is. Is that they're running out of records. <laughs> he, Fuck that. They're running out of records. Which made him yeah, dated. It was made very dated. Big Daddy Kane if you dated. See, I, I did quite, I mean, I'm a, I'm not my KRS one, not like I, everything, everything. Mm. Some stuff's a little older for me, but uh, after that, everything. I like everything, like even what, what he's done with Chris Styles, all that, right? But when I heard, when you say this, I had my doubts. You say that, nah, I think Harris went took it because of that. Like you're stuck in this, like you pretty much most of your songs sounded the same. You right. Know? He tried to come back with like a trap kind of member that trap beat that Big Daddy Kane tried to do. Like, oh yeah, so when he did with the uh, uh, Kill That Will, he did that song with uh, uh, Big Pun Son, uh, Snow the Product. Oh really? Uh, oh. Yeah, he did it with uh, that little that kid uh, that did the song. So done a couple songs with Tech Nine. Some Never little white kid. <laughs> hey, I mean, well, I, I'm a lyrical nut, so like that song was like, oh, oh these people rapping, you know. <laughs> but uh, 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 heard him, it was that verse, kill that. Well, well I think what what Karis I mean, it's one thing to sit on the throne like Big Daddy Kane does, and you know, with his um, uh, catalog, get on pretty much anybody, any hip hop person. Hey, Big Daddy Kane wants to be on your fucking. All right, because he first he he won't sound whack. He'll be dope. He'll be on time, and he'll have an ill verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that Karis one? I just felt like Karis One still had influence past the '80s, past the '90s. He still had influence. He still kind of had his even had that battle foot in the fucking door. That, that battle between uh, money and and culture with uh, Nelly, right? Yeah, the the whole Nelly thing. Like he still had. New things for the future, right? And in, in, in the now that we sh- that we're now that he could play a song now, and it's like, oh shit, he just put that out like ten years ago, whatever. Where Big Daddy King was the last time he put it out was like this snow thing that no one heard about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he didn't have the influence. Well, he was I just mean, more of a special guest. It's funny though because there's like ten million views on the video, but no one's ever heard of it. You know? Or him? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or is his new song or what? Yeah. You know. Who am I, the MC? Like, fuck, Harris one just killed it with that one. He made himself a classic past the 80s, past the 80s, right? That's that's what I'm trying to allude to, is that you made a classic song that people still listen to over 10 years that you made it, and you could still play it. What what, what stadium or arena were they in? Uh, new, wait, what are you talking about? And the Verses was in... Oh, I don't know where they were at. What were they at? Brooklyn or some shit. Oh, some, yeah, they were some, in Brooklyn. They were was it Bro- the Brooklyn Basketball Arena or whatever? So oh, there Brooklyn. you go. Yeah, because they were saying they were in Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn I wanted to see that. I just wanted to that see KRS-One on that kind of a stage. So KRS-One, I followed for a long time. I, I try to be part of the hip-hop scholar thing. Uh, try to you know get involved with just like hip-hop as a, as a scholarly thing, like mm. remembering the culture and all the significance in the every single you know aspect of each element and what everything means, peace, love, unity, mm. all that, right? Try to do that. But shout out to my um, uh, my friend Jonathan Hernandez. Uh, sits on San Ana City Council. That's mm. pretty pretty cool. A friend of mine, you know. Uh, and rest in peace to Brandon Lopez too. His cousin was uh, killed by the Anaheim police in Santa Ana. So make sure we arrest those fuckers. But he brought KRS one a couple years back to a show called Rose in the Concrete. Sorry, I'm banging on this mm. here. Uh, cool. And he uh, he brought him, and then and, and there was like a, like a, a 
activities in the morning and then the afternoon morning like 12 to 4 where everybody can come sign up for things get info you know get new get little stuff you know all the artists were around and all that and then right around four or five they had like a round table so it was like not really a table but chairs in a circle a bunch of the artists some youngsters krs1 aloe black maya jupiter like a lot of people were there sitting talking about what it is and what it is and hip-hop and music and create it kind of like a very very similar conversation but about how we can use you know music to liberate us from uh, uh, different types of oppression and krs once is like right now and you know I was, you know he's all like, like me you know he's all actor. he's like and right like right now what are we doing right now where's where's your studio he gets up and, and my friend John, he's like oh. and guess what my studio was literally like right around the corner like literally the corner turned left and my studio's right there <laughs> And I'm, I'm, and there's a shower in my studio at the time, right? And I'm, I took in a shower because I just did this whole thing to help him out for the event. We're, we're my, I'm with my band, a full band that I brought from Oregon. Shout out to DTW. Um, I'm getting ready to shower. I'm no shirt. I'm with sweats. And my friend, you hear, he's a shorter guy, so you hear his little, his little footsteps. <laughs> he's like, hey, get ready right now. Karis one's coming to record. I'm like, ha yeah. Yeah, whatever. Serious, bro. And I'm like, you know, he always messes with me. But then you hear this boom, boom. These huge steps coming up the stairs. And then this behemoth of a man walks up. I'm like, that's KRS One. I didn't even say hi. I just ran to the studio, started grabbing all the wires because I knew it was about to happen. Wow. It's going to get packed. And I know what he does. He's basically blessed us with the verse. Mm. I put it on a song that had collaboration with KRS One. Wow. So it's like, like, you know, I'm, it may not have been like the, the ideal way where, you know, we signed a con, yeah, all that stuff. Like, no, this is hip hop. And what other person that preaches hip hop in the way he does to bless me with a verse and say, you know, it's yours. Do whatever you want with it. Well, that is the act of a sovereign person. Yep. That's he's not somebody, owned. He's not, exactly he's not limited like, by anyone. Yeah, like no manager's going, hey, hey wait. Hey, hold they, on. You owe, you owe 500 bucks. Like, yeah. what? What the? You know, and everyone's so excited to get on the song, and it's like, whoa. That's the one thing I know about Karis One is that I've had a couple of experiences with him where we played with him at South Off Graphics, and then we played with him at the Roxy Theater. And so he's that kind of guy. He doesn't have, if, if he. He's feels, brought me on stage. If, if he feels what you are and what, and what you're saying, he's going to. Not be that's what it's totally opposite of this new agenda sitting in the back, and, and you know, I of don't know. this hierarchy. I, I have I could bless your life, like I could change your life. KRS1 that's what he kept saying, right? I changed people's life. He was all mad at John Legend and fucking Sean John or whatever the fuck his name is. KRS1 has jumped into the crowd and given the mic to people, people that are respected enough to not lose, you know, like all oh, this isn't madness, even though it's controlled madness, everyone's hype, right. Mm. And no problem walking in the crowd even after the show, before the show. Like it's not a, it's not a thing because he's one of us, right? Mm. He's he's a person. Right? Yes. And to from that to the difference of how ridiculous it was, and maybe there's a hip hop artist was just the same, but like, people posting all over how influenced they were about getting bad bunny tickets. Mm. And like the, the funniest <laughs> joke I saw was, "Oh look, three thousand dollars for bad bunny tickets. I'm here, babe." And it's like this picture of uh, the artist so far away, you don't know who the fuck it is. You can't even see the TVs. So you paid three grand to sit up here to watch this, like. But that's it. That's kind of like oh, bad bunny. Is that's the worst where it goes. Where, where's the value? Where's the value in that three I grand? How much you could have influenced more things and done more positive with that? I mean, if that's what you want, obviously you're gonna do what you want. To have paying five dollars to see Karis one mm -hmm. and blowing your mind, right? You're right there. Mm -hmm. You know, you can feel it. You know, you're part of it. You are the crowd. The crowd is nothing. I, I mean, was I mean, the I, hip hop ain't nothing without the crowd, right? To being in a concert that big. I've been at big concerts. 
you know. Well, we have to we have to break the perspective. Though. I was at that five dollar concert, by the way. It was legendary. Sup? I performed. It was in one Santa of them, Ana. I performed at that one. What's up? So <laughs> we just we we have to challenge colonial perspective in the sense that it's all rooted in Greek um, sensationalism. Right. Oh yeah, celebritizing your orders ce- and, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Everything is a celebrity. Everything is a yeah, yeah. owned, you know, commodity. So that's really that goes that leads into what Travis Scott kind of got himself into, right? Where he's so big. Even in St. Clown Posse, he says, "Watch out, guys." <laughs> Fifty th- slipknots like, "All right, guys, are you next song, but take it easy out here." But five, th- I mean, fifty thousand people and. Eight. That's on paper, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. There was well over sixty thousand people. Like Live Nation, those scumbags are trying to, you know, just downplay everything. But there was well over fifty thousand people. I've thrown big events, zero, and I saw that way that the, the, the events aren't. I thought events weren't allowed to be where you can congregate that many people and. In one big area, you're supposed to split it up. There's mm-hmm. supposed to be a thing in the middle. Mm-hmm. You have your front area, yeah, then you yeah. have a big fence, and then you have your everybody in general admission. Then you have that. Then you have things on the side to everybody has an opportunity to pay for what they feel they want, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to be in the crowd, cool. But there's not so much where you can't get out of this huge sea of people. Mm. Like you can get out this way or this way, mm. right? And it's only this big. Like it's a quarter of entire what everybody's there. Right. As opposed well, to having one sea of people. I've been hearing that the people were floating in the air. What? Like, the because fuck? they're they're just so cramped, they, their feet aren't even touching the floor anymore. They just go where the crowd's moving them, trying to push out so they can breathe. What? Yeah, imagine them being crushed and then falling, and then that that space is immediately swallowed by all the pressure. Right. And now you're in the bottom trying to force your way out. And not only are you suffocating from the pressure, you're suffocating from the heat. Like you can't breathe. There's no oxygen when there's so much people. Mm. So try to kind of get it. So the, the Live Nation, like, like, come on, guys. Like, I've thrown events similar, and I understand why the city doesn't want so many people congregating. Well, the, the, the insurance for that day is relying on how you're going to separate the crowd. What are the exits? What are the... Then you is get insured. Is there a insured. clear plan? Yeah. Is there clear training? How many people are going to be there? But then you become liable when you're the artist going, fuck everybody, and just cross the fucking... Yeah. Then you're Punch liable. Punch your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> then you're fucking liable because yeah. you're causing that. You, you, you know, you really don't want to put people in unsafe situations. And as an artist, I mean, you posted something on, on Woodstock uh, uh, underground hip hop blog where they stopped the show. It was Lincoln Park and there was during the fucking oh, height yeah. of their fucking career. And they hundred thousand people that I heard shit. at that show. A hundred thousand people. And they Park. stopped that shit and they're like, get up. And, and I'm sure they're not. We'll start it over. We'll gonna... start it over. Well, look, yeah. well, look, word, word one has a great comment. He said, ICP shows, uh, you know, Lincoln Park shows are all the same. The only difference is that all those shows, they consider each other family. Yep. Yep. Like the Travis Scott show, bro. Everyone, these kids individualized. Good point. These Good kids, point. These like that's kids. a fucking great yeah. ass these fucking point. These kids don't care about anyone no, but themselves, right? Zero. And that's the culture of hip hop yeah. right now that's being driven. I'm disgusted. Exactly what you're talking about. Well, the ego. It's exactly the same thing. It's it's all of that. And then you're cooler if you care give a fuck less. Right. You know. And then and, and it goes so against like, like ancestral teachings. The more you care and provide for others, mm. is it's it's showing how much you do truly care about yourself. Well, that's you know, the, like, that's the new agenda though. That's ooh. been in place for. 
hundreds of years. So how do you feel about that, Zero How Like, you have to be family in order for it to keep order. Well, I remember being a kid in East Los Angeles, you know, growing up as a skater, you went to punk scenes, right? And you went to punk gigs in the backyards and then... You know, you would get into the pit and then somebody would fall, but then stop. Everybody picks each other up and then they go back into the doing that. Yeah. But with this new version of life and this new agenda and this Luciferian kind of subtle understanding of, wow, it's kind of, you know what it is? It, it's based on the, the theory of Iran. She's a, a yes, famous about author. To, I was about to I tell you, you how is Travis book? Scott peddling what this woman was te- about the, indivi- the, 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 the individual and, and then your responsibilities to yourself, despite whatever else, improving yourself and driven by what you want and you're entitled to it. Like it's very selfish ideology. Well, Ayn Rand wrote a book that, that a lot of conservative Republicans and people that are in they, they really talk. don't, you know, yeah, exactly. Right, Crowley was the one that kind of, like, I don't know, I remember them. All of them are connected yeah, somehow, yeah. some way. But Iran wrote what was the name of the probably, book? oh, fuck. Oh. It's very Atlas Shrugged. That's, that the, was, that's the novel, right? Yeah, that she was wrote, the book that she wrote that everyone references. So if you hear a senator reference Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, that book basically breaks down that only the strong survive. That if you're if you're poor and I'm rich, that's your fault, yeah. and that you should die because you're the weaker. It's all about you. The, you're the weaker of the of the litter. Until you are the weaker. So <laughs> now let's go back to Travis Scott's fucking concert, where eight people die, and I was like, he's probably like, well, that's probably a fucking barista at Starbucks, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> who gives a shit to the janitor or the girl or the janitor's daughter right because they're the goat now yeah they're the goat yeah. the greatest of all time there's no such a thing my friends there's no such a thing as the greatest of all time time rules us we don't rule time okay so stop referencing that it's it's stupid it's very subtle and they're it's almost like saying oh like this, like being proud of saying that you're associated with the word that made African Americans very looked upon in a derogatory way. I don't even want to say that word. And I feel like an old fart saying that, but it's really bad to associate yourself when you know that the agenda comes from 1928. 1928, they've been trying to figure this shit out until she didn't, so fucking, she didn't have the right to vote yet. Oh, she, she, yeah, she did, but she barely got the right to vote. From that point on, well, it, it's, it's important like, for yeah. them to keep us in a state of insecurity where we're insecure about certain things, right? And elevate only a few to this plateau of greatness. Travis Scott, Kanye West, Kid Cudi now, right? And none of them give a shit about their fans. Well, Drake was on that stage too. Oh, was he? That piece of shit. Well, that he—I know he doesn't give a shit about his fans. So, this is the new I like reality. This shout is, out to Sick Jack. And oh, I shout like, out to Sakurum. They know like, how to control a crowd. I've <laughs> seen literally where their crowd goes bonkers, and Sick Jack literally stops the music, checks the shit out of those people getting berserk, and everyone listens. Yep, everyone listens. It's almost respect. It's almost like you're val- you're more valued that you participated in that. 
uh, measure of safety, I guess you could say. But that because but that, he, the yeah. artist is telling you, so it's like a juxtapose with what uh, Travis Scott did. It's like you're supposed to not care, and then Sick Jackin, who's like, you know, like um, the things that are spoken about are misunderstood by people who never lived them, and he's yet able to see the goodness in people and. The, the well, again, the crowds and when you go to a Psycho Ram show, it has that same vibe. Like everybody's there to go see them, and you know. Right. But yeah, and yeah, if yeah, you're well, the leader yeah. of that but, crew, then yeah, you can yeah. kind of control the things. But in the case of Travis Scott and this new ideology and this new way of thinking, and those kids, how do you? I mean, when a kid is begging a security guard, telling him at the top of her lungs, "There's somebody dead right there," and they're still going. That that fucking, if I was that camera guy going, well, wait, get the fuck out of my shot, bro. I'm not fucking, <laughs> you know, what the get, fuck are you talking about? I don't care. That, Isn't there a security guy there to pick up that dead body? What the fuck? Get the fuck out of my way. That's what I saw. Jesus Christ. Wow. That's where humanity is being led yeah. to with interviews like Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. these new fucking token agenda leaders, right? These people that are pushing fear through celebrity, right? Instead of fucking Cardi B going coronavirus, instead of that, why don't she fucking go look up Dr. Sabi and fucking post Dr. Sabi on her fucking shit? And what can we do to strengthen ourselves against sickness and infection? Let's get, so that gets into those conversations about what's making. Nah, us, she's just gonna drop that the virus sick, like, is getting serious. What's making you sick? Oh, we don't want to talk about that because yeah. it leads to the same people. Well, look, I want to add this. You know, these kids had no chance. Like for me. I have experience on going to crazy festivals, right? And it's like you can tell when like, you're not supposed to go in there. Like, <laughs> you know, you're if like you're 16 uh, years old. Like, why are you gonna go to a 50,000 plus festival? Yeah. Like, I remember Audiotistic, and um, do you remember Audiotistic? That there, a festival. It yeah. was a festival, very similar. Mm. Uh, Electric Daisy, Carn, uh, Electric gotcha. Daisy. Oh, that's an EDM. That's an EDM thing. EDM. It happened at the um, Los Angeles. Right. Um. When people go to those type of events, you're ready to rage. You're, you're, like you're ready to go balls out. And it's like football. You know, you play to not get hurt. But these kids, they had no experience. So they, you know, I just feel so bad for them. Like they were trapped. Mm -hmm. Right, Onis? Yeah. And then you're a parent going, oh, yeah, it's just a concert. You know, they got it all taken care of. Yeah, that's they, what you it's assume. All good. It's oh, all it's, good. it's Live Nation. This is a big, oh, like they look, I mean, even even parents on Google, right? So, I mean, shit, parents are, what, little, little kids 10 years ago. But I mean, <laughs> fuck, even Phil Collins, I think, stopped the show or some shit. Remember that, that whole song's written about some guy that died in the crowd of, of one of his shows and... I don't know. Colin. To be like, I, I saw. <laughs> right. I can hear it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's supposed to be about somebody. It's it just like at a Slipknot show. I've actually attended a Slipknot show, bro. I was like completely out of that bro, mosh pit. It's so dangerous, yeah. but no one got hurt. Everyone was on the same page. And definitely nobody died. <laughs> Damn. Inside my shell, I wait and bleed. Man, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know some Slipknot. You know what, guys? I really appreciate everyone tuning in. We got a lot of late birds just chilling with us, listening to illness. Make what sure up, you guys Sanders? follow him on Instagram. Subscribe to his YouTube page. He's quite possibly one of the dopest SoCal indigenous hip-hop artists what? in the game. I'm sure DJ Warlock could vouch for that. I know Zero could vouch for that. Absolutely. Um, we're all going to be gathering. DJ Warlock, um, illness, 
Zero Evelvu, myself, we're all going to be in the building for uh, December 11th at the Crime Apple and Conejo event. Absolutely. Illness, you're rocking that second stage. DJ Warlock is rocking the second stage. Um, if there's anyone that wants to come out, say hi to us. Say hi to DJ Warlock, Illness, Zero. We're all going to be at the Catch One December 11th. Absolutely. Free merch. Come get infected. Also, too, in the good I way. also <laughs> want to announce that um, this Friday, we're having the open mic at Malinali Superfoods. Absolutely. And it's a very special day, too, because I want to shout out my partner, and it'll be very close to her birthday. So we'll be celebrating Jenny, uh, her birthday, and her. So if you're a fan of Jenny's and or a client of Jenny's and you listen to the podcast, um, shout out to my wife and uh, I really care about her. I love her. She's been in my life most of my life and uh, I really want to celebrate a nice day with her on this open mic and you know I'm honored that she's allowing um, LA Natives open mic night to be a part of her birthday celebration. So if you know Jenny or if you know of Jenny, um, that's the day we'll be kind of celebrating her life and and celebrating the community's talent and expression because sovereignty is important you must be i mean i remember the first open mic armando where people were too shy to even perform they were sitting there all night and they were like at the last moment boom raising their hand and sharing and becoming a community and that's that's the way they're describing this open mic here at Malinali Superfoods in, in Los Angeles. East you know, LA. East Los Angeles, yeah. 4528 Whittier Boulevard, East Los Angeles. And this Friday night, we will be having um, our open mic night and the celebration of Jenny's birthday and uh, her beautiful spirit. Um, I, I wanted to... Big ups. Yes. <laughs> Big oh, ups. I'm going to try and be there, actually. That'd be dope, try man. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a it's it's a it's a Friday night open mic illness. Yeah. We're definitely gonna invite you to to rock a set. Um, man, that first pop up was amazing, right? It was the grand opening. Yeah, the grand opening. Was and shout out to all the you know podcast listeners that that went up to our booth and yep. and uh, you know bought our merch. And I saw a couple of people already rocking our. Yeah, shout out Chris, Chris the homie. I know he's listening. Right, to and LA it, it's such an honor when when people, you know, uh, uh, you know, just humbly and organically appreciate our work here at LA Nina's podcast for as much as work that is, is involved like you know we do our best to do it once a week there's a lot of work that, that comes into play but it's because of you guys we keep moving forward well best believe that if we ever get to the heights of putting 50,000 people in one place that everybody's going to be family at that concert everybody's going to look eye to eye and respect each other because we have to combat this new narcissistic um path that these people they they have to keep us in this state of not caring for each other because how does wealth survive through greed through not caring through through not caring about others that's how they thrive yep. and it's apparent because eight people lost their life eight people no no amount of money is gonna bring that back travis scott no fucking amount of money. If that was my fucking kid, I'd be trying to fucking get to you. All right? You have to care about your... People you gather in large groves, you have to care. You have to care. And you're posting some insensitive stuff, too, you know? Well, about we have to challenge those motherfuckers. Those, those, those guys sit on the throne. They feel like, oh, shit, we're running society. Oh, look, remember we're the, fucking the, this and that. Remember the throne is made out of tissue paper, you know? 
it's 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 only given value by those people who are who are who are, who are valuing a confused, altered system of of of, of like adulation. Like no, people give that value. It's only amplified with money. You know, like it's, it's, think it's more valuable than it really is because they have so many people they can gather like that. You know, and that's not real value. But taking and exploiting kids i'm sure that that concert Horrible. was what 200 bucks or 300 bucks to uh, go tickets to. uh minimum from what i remember was 125 up to two thousand dollars per ticket see and, um they generated i think over 50 million dollars that night and yeah that's insane and 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 in their eyes while well, only eight people died well fuck it you know how, mu- how much do we, get kick 10, down? Yeah. we can get we can kick down two mil to each one of those families and they'll be cool you know that's what I'm talking about. This monarch, fucking, you know, and concession system or, or oh, theology. Man. Water, I'm sure. A couple of kids, uh, from what I heard, got trampled and st- uh, just because of the merch. That's how insane this society is. These kids, man. I, just please, guys. You know, if you guys listen to Travis Scott, man, screw you. <laughs> well, I concur. At least, at least say you know, have a silent moment for the the people that were lost in that Absolutely. concert because you know every life is very precious, and our ancestors knew that. That's why they injected and, time in our in our psyche. And from the pictures that I saw, they were all rasa. Like there was only one white girl and maybe one Indian kid, but the other the other people were just straight rasa. Wow. Damn. Oh, because it was in Houston. Yeah. 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 There's a that's a huge population of of of. Uh, and shout out to all the survivors. <laughs> Like now they're gonna start selling, you know, Astro World Survivor T-shirts. Wow. I survive Astro World. <laughs> <laughs> See, it made us laugh. But you know, and it's only more valuable as a T-shirt because people oh, died. It's, exactly, it's, and this is the sadistic world or new reality that they're trying to push us to. You right? know who should have died? Uh, Kylie Jenner. They should have threw her ass into that damn crowd, man. Now she would open the Pepsi and change the world. <laughs> That's Travis Scott's girlfriend or baby oh. mama or some shit like that. But yeah, anyways, one of, one of them, one of them could be issues. You know, DJ Warlock. Yo, what up? Is this a hip hop show? Can I spit a little rapper? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, Ooh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, go, 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 go throw a beat, Warlock. Warlock one. We're yeah, about the, right, we're, right when we got to the DJ? podcast, illness is all. I gotta rap on one of your. Yo, you're we're about to end this podcast with a dope. Yeah, what's up? Rhyme. Dope ass freestyle by illness. You wrote some new shit. Let me see what's up. It's in my head, so let me see if we can get it out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Check it out now. I am illness, ready to infect, ready to infect, yo. Snatch the mic fast, nearly ripping out your shoulder blades. State of mind crash, overstimulate your vertebrae. Better pay attention, follow order like the soldiers say. Let the heat spray, save it for a colder day. The summer's coming, so run it like the jewels. Have fun with your fuckery, but remember what we do. Say the name, hands up, don't shoot, I can't breathe. We've been telling you for years, but now you see it on your screens while you're scrolling. The death toll be growing since 1492 before the genocide omen. The wealth trade, slave trade, all the shit came now the patent office came took my inventions away where i'm from you have to fight a little more where you're treated a little different in the hills or the shore arriving home safely is a blessing out the door when usually it's flowers and the tears will start to pour forcing all my mothers and my fathers from their habitat now the war on drugs war on us and the prisons packed facts let me tell you where i'm from the land of the children of the people of the sun yeah that's the illness infection yo yo and that's the illness infection, yo. What's up? 
What you guys think of that? Fire no, up. Yo, fire. You know what? Thank you for closing out the segment on this with that dope flow, dope freestyle. Was that a freestyle or written? I just wrote that, so. Hey, you know what? That's dope. You know what, Zero? Any last words? Yes. Um, thanks for listening, LA Natives. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate y'all. Mad love. And thanks for holding it down, DJ Warlock One. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, man. You know, absolutely, it's it's a, it, was, it was fun, man. It was fun talking oh, yeah. to illness and talking to the community out there. Um, thank you for hanging on and um, understand one thing: when you're when you take when you take the path of connecting to your true self, that goes beyond colonial borders, flags. Or anything any person has labeled anyone. The truth is, we don't know what we are. We're so beyond that understanding. That's why we choose lifetimes and take lifetimes to learn and remember and take with us as experiences. Our ancestors had sacred calendars for a reason. Because those energies live within us. And as we transition, as Masatsin says, there's a, there's a skull and then there's a heka, right? And he said that the skull or the death represents infinite transformations because it takes a breath into life, which is a heka, the wind. Respect that breath that lives inside of you. Respect the life that was given to you. Remain sovereign. Remain true to yourself. Remain true to the community that loves you. And together, we will correct the distortion of white supremacy. We'll see you next Wednesday. My name is Zero El Vuh.